We saw uh, in the first two sermons on this, um, Dearly Father, Lord, we come before you this morning, Father, and, and uh, a lot of people are out enjoying the holiday weekend, Father, and we ask you to be with them and protect them, Father, and as uh, we come back together. And, and Lord, for uh, so many things going on in different people's lives and the, and, and the, the, the wonderful things and the, the tragedies, and, and as a church, we, we, all this comes at us continually. Some people having wonderful things happen, and other people with great tragedies, and, and somehow we try to understand all these things. And Father, you've called us to, to have faith and be obedient and trust you no matter what, even when we don't understand things, but we trust you and your word. We trust you and your love and, and, and all the things that you have provided for us, Father. So Lord, I thank you for the greatness of who you are. Father, I ask you to to bring your message alive to us today, that it becomes applicable for our life. Lord, as we deal with some evil things that are taking place at this time in history, Father, we deal with them today also. Lord, would you bless this message? Would you open the hearts of your people? And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Big mistake, part three. Uh, how many of you have been here for all, this will be the three of them, all three of them? A few of you. Uh, all right, well, y y y if you want to hear about and understand this, you can come to the Bible study, and, and it, we're really going to take it apart and let you understand how to put sermons together, how to put Sunday school lessons together, how to study the Word of God. And I use it, and I go at it from a big mistake. But you can go to this chapter, and you can come up with another title, and you'll look at it in that direction, and God will take you that way. Me, because I can look at it, I, what God directed me to was to look at the mistakes that the people have made, and, and, and I don't want to make those mistakes. And what if I didn't tell somebody about the Lord? Well, that would be a big mistake. What if I, when God laid it on my heart, no matter what it might entail or take out of my life, if I didn't speak, that would be worse for me. I've got to speak. We've got to learn to speak and trust God no matter what, what it might take from our lives. And so we see that in here tonight. And so that, for me, at this particular time, I may come back a year from now and preach out of this chapter again and come up with a different title and look at it a different way. That's called God's Word is alive. Amen? It's alive. And that's what it comes to us. It's alive. In the first sermon, we looked at a, a young servant girl, a slave girl. And we talked about she had uh, commitment and consistency, courage and compassion, and it all come up to equal faith. And your faith can bring others hope. Amen? In the very first sermon, that, that faith that this servant girl, this slave girl, that should not have any joy because of the situation in her life, stripped away from everything she'd known, but yet she had faith, and that faith brought hope to the man with leprosy, which we look at that as a spiritual deadness. And that man's leprosy, and he gave, that, that faith gave him hope. 
And that's what our, our faith is to do, if, if nothing else, is to give the lost hope. The people that are dying, give them hope. And that's what we're called to do as a church. And our faith can do that. And we saw that in the first sermon. And the second one was about obedience. Grace and faith all coming together. With this man with leprosy, when he finally came to the man of God, the man of God wouldn't even come out of the house. And he sure didn't run after the man. He allowed the man to, to think about it and allowed God to work in this man's heart by bringing other people to him. Sometimes we think that we've got to do it all. When the best thing we can do is just stand back and let God do it. That every person has to stand on their own faith and their own obedience with God. Amen? I can't do it for you. And I need to learn to stand back and allow people to do that. And if you fall, you fall. And I'm sure God will try to rise you up another time. And we saw a man that was full of leprosy and was dying from that leprosy that became white and beautiful. Became beautiful, completely skin like babies, what it tells us. He became something beautiful because of the faith in that young girl. And because even though he got upset and mad, Elisha was such a man of God, he knew he couldn't beg that man into cleanliness. He couldn't beg that man into salvation. That was between him and God. And when he became obedient to the instructions, the specific instructions that God gave him, he was healed. Amen? Such as we are. So that was the second sermon. And today is about greed. We're looking at a, a man of God, Elisha, and, and one of his servants that was walked with him and saw the miracles and even witnessed firsthand the miracle of what took place. But yet, it could be any, any, anybody sitting in the church pew today. But yet he allowed greed to overtake everything that God was allowing them to see. He allowed greed. And greed is, greed is more than just financial things. It can be greed for power. It can be greed for a lot of different things. And so we see a, a man today that is going to completely be turned away because of the greed in his life. And I fear today a lot of church members, a lot of good church members, I'm not doing it the way God expects us and desires for us to do it. So are you ready to get started? See, I thought I was already started. To this, this is the, the two principles I've given out through these three sermons. To discard God's word, his son in church is not proper for you and will be the biggest mistake of your life. Everybody agree with that? But we see it all the time, right? We see they just... They just Throw us out. They just discard us. We're lunatics. We're this and that. Me and Vicky was on the, this big ship, and, and uh, I saw very, very few people praying. In fact, I don't think I saw anybody praying, just me and Vicky. I seen some other people that, that uh, had a shirt on about Jesus Christ. Very, very few. I, I, I didn't get to meet people like I, like I wanted, like I usually do. It was very strange. It, 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 it's almost 
when I looked at the people, I would go and I'd have my Bible and I'd have my books and I would march around that place and I would stop in one place and I would spend time in prayer and in my Bible there and open my Bible up and you'd see people look at it as they go by and one person said, oh, and they spoke, a lot of people didn't speak English and it was, Holy Bible, Holy Bible. Yeah, Holy Bible. I did get to talk to a few people about it. I had one man give me all kinds of confessions right on a beach somewhere. <laughs> on some private island, and his wife looked down and she said, you never said anything about that to me. I just met him 30 seconds ago. Isn't it amazing what God can do? God will not honor your mistakes. Your mistakes that, we make mistakes and we, we sometimes we fall into mistakes and we live in them. He won't honor that. But he will honor your repentance. Amen? He's a God that forgives us, that forgives us over and over and over again. And when we repent and ask him to forgive, he'll always grab a hold of us. He'll never throw you out. But so many don't want to repent. They don't want to even think they need forgiveness. And it will not be good for you, and it's the biggest mistake of your life. When the heart becomes motivated by greed, you're heading toward a big mistake. Amen? When that heart, whether it's financial greed, whether it's power greed, whether it's you've got to have more power in the church, you've got to have more power at work, uh, you've got to have the fanciest car, you've got to have this and that, you've got to keep up with everybody, that's greed. And it's not a good for you. And God warns us about it, and this is a warning. So in this one chapter, we've got the gospel We've got the obedience and all that, and then we've got the warning about how Satan will penetrate the church. He will penetrate those ones that are willing to be penetrated and try to destroy. When a child of God claims what God does not approve, it's a big mistake. You can sit in a church, you can sit in a whatever, and claim whatever you want to claim, but if it's not of God, it's not of God. Amen? You know what destroys churches more than anything? Us. Us. It's never God. It's us. We get our, off on our big plans and our, our big do-do's and all this, and God's nowhere to be found. And then we get struggling and, and feuding and this, that, and the other because we didn't invite God to come along, and God didn't want to come. He wants you to come along with him. Amen? He always does. We've got to follow him. God never says, I'll follow you. We follow him. And it destroys churches. Greed turns us into strangers. Where lies become a part of who we are. That's what greed will do to you. It'll start to tear you apart. You know, and Satan can't read your mind. He, he has no, he cannot read your mind. He cannot get into your thoughts. He's not like God. But he can watch you. He can hear you. Him and his demons, they watch, they hear they wait, they lie, and they just, like a snake, strike when they know a weakness or even a stronghold you may have. They're just sitting there and waiting for it, and they can anticipate what you're going to do because they've seen it for thousands of years. In 2 Kings 5, 20 and 21, it says, and I'm going to call this guy Mr. G. For one thing, I can't pronounce his name. And Mr. G is called Mr. Greed. Amen? Because that's what we're talking about, greed. So I'm just calling him Mr. G. Anybody got the right pronunciation of this man's name? Huh? Gehaze? 
Uh, whatever. I like Mr. G. Says one thing about we're alert of God. You know, I'm, I'm probably the only, I'm probably one of the ones in this church who can say that I don't understand things. It takes a lot of things for me to understand. I don't hear. I can't punctuate. I, I can't see. You you don't have an excuse because I've already got them. And guess what? God worked through them. Amen. He works through them. So I, I don't have to come up here and study a word for, for hours trying to get the punctuation right because I don't really, it's not that important. I just call him Mr. G. And if that name had big significance, I would go a different way. But to me, it's just Mr. G because it's Mr. Greed. That's what we're talking about. He was a servant of Elisha. In other words, he spent time with a man of God. He spent time in church. He spent time with the, with the understanding of God. He saw it. He was a witness to it. He laid hold of it. He understood it. He was right there with Elisha all the time. See, I can't take you to heaven with me, right? I, I can't make you be obedient. I can show you what it looks like. I can show you what faith looks like. I can open up a Bible and, and, and do a study with you and try to explain how it looks and how it's applicable to your life but it's up to you. Amen? God's never put that responsibility on me. I would be not good at it because I would just throw everybody out. God has never made you responsible for another person's understanding of who he is. That's your job. Now, he's made it my responsibility to feed you, but it's your responsibility to take it in. Amen? It's your responsibility. You can sit here and sleep. You can pay attention. You can say, I don't believe anything he's saying. But it's, that's your responsibility. My responsibility, and then you as a, as a person of God, uh, uh, is to give it out. And so that's what Elisha did. He gave this out. Elisha was a great prophet. I can imagine he probably knew, he saw the things about this man. But yet he didn't discard him. He kept going with him, and he kept showing grace because he knew one day if the man didn't repent, God would do it, and Elisha would know what to do at the time. But, but this Mr. G, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, said to himself, who's he talking to? Who's Mr. G? He's talking to himself. See, that's, the, that's one of the first tragedies that we have is when we start talking to ourselves and start telling ourselves, I deserve this. I deserve whatever I think I deserve. And Mr. God, you'll just have to go along with what I think I deserve. You're, you know, you're in big trouble because myself will always want to give myself what I want. And greed will come out of that. So the biggest mistake he has is he's talking to himself. He's not talking to God when he knows he should be talking to God. My master should not have let this Armenian get away without accepting any of his gifts. So now he's criticizing the man of God, Elisha, the one that, that knows God more than anybody on the face of the earth right now. This man is criticizing him. I think I see that a lot. We do a, a lot of criticizing things because what that person or what that church is doing isn't what you thought it was doing. But yet, Elisha is the man of God. Elisha is the one focused upon God. Elisha is the one that just tells the man the specific instructions do, and the man goes out and gets healed. 
Elisha's the one that does miracle after miracle in the power of God. This man was a servant. So he's starting to criticize what his master is doing, which Satan knows because he hears him. He sees the attitude. He sees it. So Satan starts to infiltrate. And he does an excellent job with it, with it. My master should not have left this Armenian get away without accepting any of his gifts. As surely as the Lord lives, I will chase after him and get something from him. You kids are going to have to settle down. I'm going to put you down. The word here is chase. This is an important sermon. The word here is chase. See, once, once you start to get a foothold of, of what Satan wants you to do, it seems like you just can't stop. It's like, oh, you just start chasing after it. And it, it's, it's, you almost become insane with it because that's what greed does. It makes you insane. And Satan will come in and he'll infiltrate you because he sees the things in your life. He sees the attitude that you're putting out, the things you're talking about, and he'll make you almost go insane and so insane that you chase it. But yet you know the Word of God. You've been around the Word of God. You've seen the miracles of God. You've just seen you know, an absolute miracle. But you can only be focused on one thing, yourself. And that is the biggest mistake of your life. You're not seeing anything that's happening that God's doing. You're refusing it because you are so important, so much important than anything else. I will chase after him and get something from him. <laughs> Man, you know how foolish we can be? I will chase after him. You know, I chase after that dollar for a lot of time, long time. You know that? I chased after. You know, I, and, and Satan or God or somebody, I, I even found a little bit of it. You know where it got me? Nowhere. Nowhere. What's that old song? One more dollar deeper in debt or whatever. When you quit chasing after everything of this world and you focus on the word of God, you become alive. You become alive. But as long as you're chasing, you're not seeing God at all. And it doesn't matter. The miracles are right in front of you. You're not seeing it. You're not seeing anything that God's trying to, to show you because you're so in depth with yourself and chasing after the foolishest things of the world. You know some of the wonderful, most beautiful Christians in the world are? Over in China. Africa. They, they're living in mud shacks. They're hiding because they'll be killed if they're caught preaching the word of God or even owning a Bible in the Muslim countries. Those Christians get it. Amen? They're not lazy. They get it. Now, I'm not saying we don't get it. We're just spoiled rotten. You know, I, I, as we... As we went on this cruise, we got off in Jamaica, and I wasn't at Falmouth. I don't know what the name of the place was. And I didn't want to go. I just wanted to go on a little excursion around the town because uh, the little brochure mentioned something about churches. So I wanted to do that, and that's what we did. We got on this bus, and, man, we are so blessed. You know that? 
You want to have an awakening in your mind of what the rest of the world is like? Just get on a boat or a plane somewhere and go over to the third world country. You are, you are, we are so blessed. And so we got out, and, and you know, in this particular town, which was just squalor. I mean, just complete squalor. You know what they bragged about on the bus? The churches. Look at the church over here. And the church, these churches were built in the 1800s, and they haven't been changed much from the 1800s. But they had 15 churches, and they, they bragged about having more churches in this little community than any other community anywhere. That's what they were bragging about, was the church. And so we'd pull up, and this lady would tell us about this church, and we'd come to one other church that was built in the 1800s, and, the, and, and, it, and we got out, and we went inside in this old church, and they were still preaching from up on the wall where people could hear them. They were excited about the church. Amen? They have nothing. But yet they're excited about the church. Now, of course, Satan's in there, and he's got the liquor and the, the, the drugs and all that, and it pulls the men out. But his remnant is there. We're so thankful we're sitting here in air conditioning and in a wonderful place and wonderful music. What if this was all stripped away from us? Would you still show up? Yes. Amen. But a lot of people would come in and they would say, well, I'm looking for so much more than that. I'm looking for this program and that program when they need to be looking for the Holy Spirit and the love of God. Amen. Amen. As we get into this series, we're going to be talking a lot about the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk about this country and how it was founded. Not by men of greed. Not by lies and destruction and deception. It was founded on the love of God. Amen? I will chase after him and get something from him. So Mr. So Mr. G set off after Naaman. He set off. He, he had the plan in place. I've got my plan in place. I'm going to get this no matter what. It's going to happen. How many of you have ever done that in your life? You wanted something, it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And we, we go off and God will shut this door and shut that door. And it's like, I'm just going to take a sledgehammer and bust these doors down until it happens. That, that's my personality. And that, Vicki, where's Vicki? Is she in here? Is that me, Vicki? Is that me? You're not paying attention. <laughs> Got her. My personality is to knock things, knock doors open until I get done with what I want. That's me. That used to be me. It's taken me a, a lot of struggles and a lot of insane things to understand that I can't open a door of God that he's closed. I can't do it. And sometimes it hurts, and sometimes you, you just don't understand, but if God shuts the door, he shuts the door. And I can't chase after it. So Mr. G set off after him. And when Nahum saw Mr. G, now Nahum's completely healed now. He's watched this miracle of God. I mean, he's got skin like a baby. I, I can imagine, he says, I gotta get home to my family. I gotta get home to my wife. I can't... Wait till they see this. See, that's what God does. He cleanses you. He makes you like a baby. 
And the first thing you should do is be so excited to tell people about it. You should be alive about it. Amen? Because you were dying. You were, your flesh was completely being destroyed. Your body was being destroyed. But God comes in and he makes you completely healed. He loves you. He cleanses you. And from the inside, you are completely different. And the outside, your appearance, although I may be old and losing my hair and dying and things like that, but I love God, amen? And I can go on a beach out in the middle of nowhere and 30 seconds a man is confessing all kinds of stuff to me that he's never told his wife. Wow! <laughs> wow! And I didn't have to say much because the Holy Spirit does it, amen? He moves in. So when Nahum saw Mr. G running after him, he climbed down from his chariot and went to meet him. Well, of course he did. This man was just with Elisha. Is everything all right? Now, don't you see the, the attitude of this man? When it, this is, this, you got to take these things apart. That's a phrase there. Is everything all right? Because he, he knew Elisha said, just go do this and you'll be healed. And he did it. He went back and thanked him, tried to pay him. And he said, no, I don't want your money. Just leave. That's grace. And now... He's leaving this. He's this man of Elisha running. Is everything, did something happen to Elisha? Is everything all right? You see, before, everything was about him. Amen? Everything was about him. Everything was about him and his leprosy and being cleansed. Everything he had did up to that time was about him. He was an important man. I doubt he would care about a, a somebody else's servant. I doubt he'd care at all. But yet he stops his whole entourage. It isn't one man. It's a man with lots of people, lots of chariots, 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold. That's a lot of money even back in, amen? Ten sets of ornamental robes, royal robes. And he stops this, and he jumps off, and he comes and says, everything all right? What a change this man had made. I would imagine a day or two earlier he would go by this guy and not think a thing. When God moves in, you change, amen? Yes, he says. Excited, I'm sure, that he stopped. Can you imagine what this guy had to go through to catch this group of people in their horses and chariots? I mean, this guy, he was insane with greed. He was going after it no matter what it cost. But my master has sent me. Whew. Let me think about that. That's a big lie, isn't it? That is a huge lie. Now, I don't care what kind of lie you tell. It's big. Amen? Little white lies. Well, how did you No, they're, they're big lies, okay? Lies always turn into more lies. And you put greed in with that, and, oh, it's just, it gets insane. God hates liars. In fact, he says liar won't, won't enter the gates of heaven. You know what God says? See, because if you change by God, we may make mistakes and, 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 and say things we shouldn't say sometimes, but my goodness, you should be, the Holy Spirit should be there saying, repent, repent, repent. But my master has sent me to tell you that, you, that two young prophets from the hill country of Ephraim have just arrived. That's another lie. See, it just lie after lie. Whatever, whatever we can get because the insanity of greed has come upon us. 
And Satan is going to use you, infiltrate you, and make you say whatever things you would never say before. He'll make you a total different person. He would like 75 pounds of silver and two sets of clothing to give to them. <laughs> I know Elisha gave out Pacific instructions to this man of leprosy, but he didn't give out these instructions, did he? He did not. And of course, this man just offered everything he had to Elisha. And he says, by all means, take twice as much silver. And Nahum insisted he gave him two sets of clothing, tied up the, monk, uh, the money in, I was going to say monkey, but tied up the money in two bags and sent two of his servants to carry the gifts for, for Mr. G. Man, you can see Mr. G. Yeah, baby. Yeah, man. I got what I wanted. Ha, 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 God, I got what I wanted. I knew I could outdo you, God. I may see that man of God working, but I'm my own God, and I'll take care of myself. After all, God, I don't have what Elisha has. So that puffed up stuff because you won. You think you've won. We've all been there in some type of our lives like that. But when they arrived at the citadel, Mr. G took the gifts from the servants and sent the men back. Then he went and hid the gifts inside the house. Why did he hide the gifts? What, what are the, when we start lying and, and greed takes over, what do, we, what do we start doing from the people of God, the man of God, the people that love God? You, 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 you try to hide these things. Well, I don't want that preacher to find out what I just said or what I just did. Don't want my Sunday school teacher to know what I did. Uh-uh. We start to hide things. You know what I thought? This, is, this man knows God. He's been around him. You can't hide anything from God. So this gives me an understanding. This guy really doesn't really believe in who God is. He just has a, a visual seeing and understanding of it, but he doesn't really believe who God is. He doesn't believe God is omnipresent. He doesn't believe God is everything. He doesn't really believe that deep. He's a, got a, some kind of shallow thought, but doesn't really believe that deep. So then he went and hid the gifts inside the house. And when he went to his master, Elijah asked him. You know, a lot of times people come through my doors and I can see it all over your face. I can see it in the way you walk. And a lot of times I already know what's going on. Some people will come in there and they'll start that lying stuff. And I just oh my goodness, my goodness. You're just lying to yourself. You're just lying to yourself. You know what? I'll let you lie all you want. I'm not your God. I'm just a, I'm just a foolish man. But God will not let you get away with it. Amen? He will not let you get away with it. And when he went to his master, Elijah asked him, Where have you been, Mr. G, Mr. Greed? Where have you been? I'll tell you what, there's, there's this grace thing again. Elijah was offering him grace. He was saying, like I say to you, your, your sin, where has it taken you? Where do you want to be with God? Where do you want to be? Where, where have you been? If you'll just repent, repent, and call the name of the Lord. 
And they ask him, where have you been? That's grace. That's grace, man. That's grace. And he lies again. I've been, I haven't been anywhere. I know Elijah's having a little trouble with his eyesight. But he's not completely stupid, is he? So he allows him to come by grace and ask for forgiveness and lay it all out. Or not. Plan of salvation right there. I haven't been anywhere. And when God asks you to repent and come to him and you say, I don't need to, I haven't sinned, I'm, I'm fine, I'm fine, God. You've just taken that beautiful gift of grace and thrown it out. And he replied, but Elisha asked him, don't you realize that I was there in spirit when Nahum stepped down from his chariot to meet you? Man, what a man of God. He was there in spirit. And you don't think God doesn't talk to you? At this time in the Old Testament, he, talked, he did things a little different. But I'll tell you, if the Holy Spirit, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to have wisdom, wisdom and, can, and, and discernment and all kinds of things. You're going to be able to help people, love people right where they're at. You'll be able to confront them. You're going to be able to know how to help them. Don't you realize that I was there in spirit when Nahum was stepped out of the chair to meet you? Man, that, that guy that was just all puffed up saying, I hid my stuff, I've got it, I'm a rich dude, I don't need Elisha no more, I'm going to take care of this dude. I don't need the God, I don't need any of it. And right there, boom. Right there, boom. He had to come face to face with God is all-powerful. Amen? All-powerful. God knows everything you do. You can't hide anything from God. Why in the world are we so foolish to try? You can't hide a lie. You can't hide greed. You can't hide your heart. You can't hide anything from God. He already knows. Don't you know he's right here? Don't you know? You can't do it. Is this the time to receive money and clothing Olive groves and vineyards, sheep and cattle, and male and female servants. Is this the time? He's asking, is this the time? In other words, he knows. This man has to know that Elisha knows. He's still giving him grace. He's still offering him grace. First chance, second chance, he's still offering it to him. The man could fall on his knees and say, I am sorry. I am sorry, man of God. But he doesn't. Because you have done this, you and your descendants, listen to that, you and what, your what? Descendant. That is, that is, oh man, that is scary stuff. I call it the curse, I see it all the time. You have people that are just seem like they're cursed, they can't get away from the alcohol and the drugs, the, the pornography, they can't get away from these things. Their family gets engaged in it, they get, and that family after that gets engaged in it, and the family after that is says, well, that's just what we do. And they'll start to use, well, my daddy did it. They'll use that as an excuse. Well, my grandpa did it. They'll use that as an excuse, and it's a curse. And sometimes God pulls people out of that curse. Amen? You may be one of those ones that God pulled out of that curse, and he sets you apart and made you holy. Because you have done this, you and your descendants will suffer 
Nahum's leprosy forever. Now that leprosy, we look at it as, as the physical thing, but it look also it's, it's, it's sin that takes you to hell. And it says forever you're going to... In other words, this man is done. God closed the door on him. It's not, well, maybe you'll have another chance. I've given you the chances, and I'm shutting the door. Mr. G, the door is shut. It doesn't say anywhere around here that God's going to give him another chance, does it? Some people say, God just loves everybody. He wouldn't do this. He wouldn't do that. Yes, he will. Because he does love us. Because you have done this, you and your descendants will suffer from Nahum's leprosy forever. What is God showing us? He's showing you, 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 you. If you're in a family, if you're in a position, a job that's, that's so messed up and you just want to blame everything on everybody else, God's offering you to pull you out of that. To pull you out. He's offering grace to pull you out, to set you aside. But if you continue to say, no, 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 I want, I want, I want. I need, I need, I need. I'm going after it. I'm going to break every door down I have to break down. Well, there may come a time that God will close the door and you're done. You're just done. Not only you, but your family. You know how many, how many people I've met in my life that or alcoholics, and they say, well, my, my father was an alcoholic. And, and next thing you know, that son or that daughter is an alcoholic. Well, that's what they've been taught. But I'm telling you, if you're sitting here today, if God has moved in somewhere in your life, or you may move in the future, I don't know, but if you're sitting here today, God's asking you, he's pleading with you to come out of that circumstance in your life, no matter what it might be. You might have a circumstance of greed. He's asking you to come out of that, that you don't have to do that any longer. We've got children in this church that, that didn't have moms and dads and other great people in this church that brought them into their families. That is a broken family. and I don't know if you know this or not, but this country is broke. It is broke. There's more children out there that have no loving parents, nobody that wants them. How do you expect them to grow up when we have a government that teaches them whatever they want to teach them, and then it sure ain't God? It's broke. The church should be feeding the poor. The church should be raising these people. We should have places set up for them. Dwight L. Moody did great jobs with them, and other people did great jobs. And the church has got so lazy, so uninvolved. So we can't do that because we have left the Holy Spirit behind. Great revivals have taken place in the past and great men and women have done wonderful things for God in the past because they relied upon God and not themselves. Throughout this world it's taken place. Because you have done this, you and your descendants will suffer Nahum's leprosy forever. When Mr. G left the room, he was covered with leprosy. His skin was white as what? Snow. snow. A lot of times we'll read, sing that song, White as Snow. Well, this is one of those times that's not a good one. Because he became a lepers. You know where Mr. G is at today? He's in hell. His descendants are with him. Because I know one thing about God. He, he holds to his word. It is not hard to sin. It's what we do best outside of Jesus. Amen? 
Who's the best sinner in here? Da, 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 da. We're all great sinners, aren't we? I mean, what can you do better than sin? It's so natural. <laughs> it's so easy to sin, isn't it? Isn't it the easiest thing to do? I mean, you come out of the mama's womb and boom, then you start crying, you start wanting this and wanting that, and greed starts, I want more milk, I want more milk. I say, you don't need no milk, you're already way too heavy, baby. I want more, I want more. <laughs> you see, greed starts at an early age. Come on, mama, give me more. I got a cat and a dog at home, and I get in trouble all the time because they like snacks. And I walk down the hallway to the little room where the snacks and Vicky and Ray's yelling at me, quit giving them snacks. And I walk around and I say, where's mom and where's Ray? They're not here. Come here. Come here, baby. You know what? Every time I walk down the hallway, I look behind and right there following me. It isn't because they love me. It's because they're greedy. <laughs> and I'm the fool that greets it that allows it to take place. <laughs> it's not hard to sin. It is, it's what we do best outside of Jesus. It is always a big mistake. Amen? No matter how, if you want to make greed and take it down, well, it's not really greed. I didn't really mean to lie. I don't really think I'm that greedy. I just want it, and I think it's okay. I deserve that. Yeah. One lie is never enough, is it? It's never enough, because once you lie, you have to do another lie to cover that lie, and another lie to cover that lie. It's just lie after lie. So one lie is never enough, and one mistake it just was, was never enough. When the last time, when was the last time you lie, you, your lies escaped God's attention? How is it, then how is it we think it doesn't escape God's attention? I mean, wow! See, we're so greedy sometimes that when we lie, we think, God didn't hear that one. <laughs> Man, he heard it. He heard it. How important is making your mistakes right with God? How important is that in your life? With, with Mr. G, it wasn't important. With Nahum, the, man, the, the pagan man in a different country that doesn't know much about God, but was offered faith and hope and went to great lengths to find it, and then threw a fit because it didn't, wasn't what he wanted, but yet was still turned around by a loving servant and did exactly what the man of God told him to do. He was healed. So it was important to him. He finally quit making mistakes. He finally came alive so much he stopped. Mr. G, when he went back to Nahum, Jesus, was, was it important to him that this man was just changed? Did he see any importance of that? Did he ever stop to think about the man that just got saved by God? Did he ever give that any thought? Did he ever give any thought, what if I do this, will it affect his walk with God? No, he didn't because he doesn't care. He doesn't care. We have to be so careful in our lives. Greed and lies are never part of God's plan for his chosen ones. Amen? Never. You're to be thankful and content with what God's given you. And in this country... If you never receive anything else the rest of your life, you've already received more than most of the whole world. Most of the whole world. Words for your week.
First word is active. Active faith brings. Think deep. Active faith brings. Nope, I didn't use salvation. Active faith brings security. What's the next one? But what? Mistake. After mistake brings insecurity. Active faith brings security. Amen? The more I am active with my faith, the more I see God. The more he enlightens me to his word. The more wisdom, the more discernment, the more I get filled with the Holy Spirit. The more God comes alive, the more the word of God comes alive. The more it comes applicable on my life, the more I see me right on that page. Because once I was a greedy sinner, once I could have cared less about anybody else, once I was blind, but now I see, amen? Active faith brings security, but mistake after mistake, insecurity. Kelly, come on up. What is your eternal soul worth to you? That's it. What is your eternal soul worth to you? Is it worth the, the, the junk of this world? Is it worth a few dollars? Is it worth a few fancy clothes? Is that what your, your faith is worth? You know, you go to a store sometimes and, and the person giving you money back gives you an extra $5 bill, extra 50 cents. And you look at it and you know it. And you put it in the old pocket, dingle it around there a little bit, and you walk away with a smile on your face. And you go to church the next Sunday. You're a greedy person. You're a greedy person. You have just lied. You didn't need that. It's stealing. You're lying to yourself. And you'll go to church. Some of people will even brag about it. But God saw it. And he'll offer you grace. He'll offer you forgiveness. But boy, the pride issues come up and say, well, I'm not going to. She's not happy. The pride issues will come up and say, I don't need to repent. I'll just do it quietly somewhere, which is fine if you'll do it, but most never. But God's offering you a change. He's offering you to make you beautiful. Beautiful. I mean gorgeous. I mean he's offering you faith that will help people with hope. And if the church can't do that, this world is doomed. And if you can't do it, this community is doomed. I'm going to challenge you big time. I don't want to be a church that does nothing. I don't want to be a church that ever gets satisfied. I want to be content with what God's giving me, but I always want to be moving with my faith. I will not be happy until the day I go home. Happiness is not what I'm here for. Everybody wants to be happy. I don't care about happy I care about joy amen joy joy is different than happy happy can be of greed and lies but joy with the spirit and the truth of God that is something entirely different joy in the situation I'm in joy that God is bringing me out of it joy that God offers me grace 
and joy that my faith can bring hope to a man I just met. I don't know that man. I know he wasn't in church. He'd gone to church when he was younger. But I know God was calling him. Amen? Let's stand. I'm going to open up the tables. If you belong to Jesus Christ, if he is your Savior, listen to me now. If he is your Savior, you've confessed that, not just to him, but openly confessed that. Then you're welcome at these tables. And if he's not your Savior, if he's not your Lord, then I'm begging you, don't take of these tables. It's not for you. But it can be for you. It's for God's chosen, the holy ones. Holy means set apart. I'm holy because I'm set apart. God picked me out and set me apart from the world. I'm only holy because God did that. There's nothing in me that's holy. Nothing. My nature is sin. But God changes me. He makes me pure. He makes me like a baby. And my faith, oh man, I love it. I love being filled with the Spirit of God. I love it. I hear people say, I want to have what you have. Well, what's stopping you? What in the world is that? Oh, let me think. You. You. You know what it takes? It takes determination. It takes listening to God. It takes work. Because we're lazy, we settle with whatever we think we can do get a God. And there's greed again, my friends. Your laziness can be greed too. God wants to fill you with His Spirit. He wants to open you up and implant His wonderful Word in you. Please don't leave without it. Please don't leave without it. God will close doors. I don't know. Please don't leave without it. Come and enjoy the Lord today.